0: Thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow in if you would like us as a church to pray for you please email prayer at springmouth.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox so we finish 1 Timothy. For those that you've been with us uh, along the journey, we've been looking at the book of 1 Timothy, the letter that Paul wrote to this young pastor in a very difficult place in a very difficult time. And we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 to 21. But before I read it, uh, I want you to know, you'll probably be able to tell really, just looking, you know, obviously on the television, apparently the camera adds pounds, but I've started a diet again and uh, I've actually lost almost a stone in the last four weeks. it's pretty good, isn't it? Okay, not. I've now lost any reward I was going to get by announcing it, haven't I? Really, but um, I'm trying to get back to where I was, and uh, the diet helps me, um, and it's a good thing. But back in the '80s, who can remember the F-Plan Diet? Anyone remember the F-Plan Diet? Anyone went on the F-Plan Diet? You're a nutritionist, Alison. You wouldn't have gone on it because you'd have been healthy anyway, but uh, you wouldn't have needed to. But anyone, rem- anyone, go on the F-Plan Diet? No? Anyone know what the F stood for? It's not the fatties diet. That, that would be offensive, wouldn't it? The fatties diet. So it stood for fibre, predominantly. The fibre diet. Because fibre is filling. There's another F. Okay? Fibre is filling. Also, it's a, it was called a fad diet. Because people thought, oh, it's just a fad. It'll just, you'll get on it and come off it. So the other F is a fad. And there was a criticism, criticism of the diet. It also started with F and that was flatulence so it caused that so um, what we eat is so very very important what we put in our bodies what we take in is really crucial so the F plan diet for some people were good it might be that we count calories you know Raymond Graham will be watching this and, and does his connect group he's counted calories and done a diet and run and got incredibly fit and he's my inspiration Raymond there you go um, You might have counted points. You might have even been allowed sins with a Y, not an I. Okay, that's the slimming world way. Sins with a Y. Don't know why they call it that. But ultimately, a diet takes focus. It takes focus and it's all about what we're filled with. So today, as we look at 1 Timothy, I wanted to look at a spiritual F-plan diet. Because that also is about our focus and what we're filled with. But it's not about fibre, and hopefully it's not about flatulence either. So enough said about that. But we finish with this diet plan for our spiritual life. Let's start with 1 Timothy chapter 6, and we're just going to read verse 11. We're going to take it a chunk at a time. If you haven't got a Bible, don't worry. When we hopefully come back to congregation, back in here again, the words and everything will be on the screen, and this will be upstairs, and there'll be a bit more room. But for now, just listen if you haven't got a Bible. Otherwise, follow along. 1 Timothy 6, verse 11 Finishes starts where we finished last week. It says this, but you, man of God, flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. But you, man of God, or woman of God, put yourself in that verse if you're a Christian, if you follow Jesus, but you flee from all of that other stuff the false stuff. Another F flee. The false stuff and pursue righteousness, good godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. You might think that the first F in our F Plan spiritual diet is flee. But it isn't. We sort of finished last week with that. Flee from all the other stuff that we, we, we know is bad for us. Flee. Run away from it. Don't just stand there and try and tempt yourself. Don't get, don't get to... You know, we ask people to come at 10.55, between 10.45. Don't get to 10.54 and a half, you know, Barry, and think, oh, I'm going to sneak in later. <laughs> but anyway, but don't get to the boundary. Flee from it. Do a runner. You know, if there's trouble and there's something that's going to trouble you, do a runner. Get away from it. But actually... What we're running from is a very important question, isn't it? What we're running from is an important question. We went to Uganda as a family when the kids were quite young. And we were driving from Uganda to Kenya um, to get home. And there was riots happening about the the cost of being a student, the price of petrol. And so we'd ordered a private taxi to take us, instead of going into the city centre where the trouble was, to take us around the outskirts. And we were driving up this road and we're driving in the taxi... And as we're driving on the taxi, there's a lot of cars coming the other way and people driving those other cars going like that. And the person driving our taxi pulls over, grabs a load of bottles of water, comes in and gives us all a bottle of water. We thought, that's kind of them. They're giving us a drink. That's nice. We'll be able to have a quench our thirst on the trip. And as we got further and further up this road, more and more vehicles are doing U-turns and heading back the other way. And we say, what, what's happening? He said, well, the water's for your eyes because the, the, the riots are up, up ahead and the riot police are coming to, to sort it out and there will be tear gas, there will be other things and it'll sort you out. And we had a 12-year-old and a, a 10-year-old at the time in the, in the vehicle with us. And there was real gunshots, it was quite scary. And people were fleeing from that situation. They were fleeing from the trouble that they know was gonna come. And actually somebody was killed in that area that day. We found out later on. It was quite scary. I can remember the guy in the van with us said, uh, we were saying, children, don't, don't worry. Shirley, don't worry. Shirley was with us. Don't worry. Let's just pray. We'll be okay. They're not interested in us. Their fight isn't against us. It's against their government. We'll be okay. And the lad traveling with us went, Joel, get down. You might get shot. I'm like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that is not helpful. <laughs> Please don't scare him. The F isn't for fear. The F plan diet that's spiritual isn't about fear. And it's not about the fleeing, it's about what we run towards. What are we fleeing from is really important. It's important to know what we're running away from. But it's even more important to know what we're running to. It's more important to know what we're running to. So the first part of the F Plan diet is fruit. Fruit's good, isn't it? Yeah? Who likes a bit of fruit? Yeah? Some people, some people don't like any fruit. Or some people just like bananas. What's your favourite? Anyone got favourite fruit? Grapes? Yeah, blueberries, okay, blueberries. Anyone else with a blueberry? Cherries? Oh, they're all shouting their favorite fruits now. But what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Well, Timothy here is called a man of God. Paul says, you, man of God, flee from that stuff and run to the fruit, fruit. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness, Some of the fruit of the Spirit is mentioned there, isn't it? Run from the false stuff. Run from the stuff that's fake and pursue the fruit. The fruit that only God can give. Remember what that fruit is. Put your own name in the sentence and say, You, Johnny Harrison, run from that fake stuff. But pursue a life that is fruitful, that is filled, and that is worthwhile. Let's go on to read verses um, 11 to 12 in with that. I'm going to read it in the message version. It says, But you, Timothy, man of God, run from your life for all of this. Pursue a righteous life. And I love this bit. Pursue a life of wonder. A life of wonder. Faith, love, steadiness, courtesy. Run hard and fast in the faith. Seize the eternal life, the life you were called to, the life you so fervently embraced in the presence of so many witnesses. Pursue a life of wonder. That'll give you fruit. How often do we look around us and take time to just stand in wonder, to stand in awe, of what is around us. We're reading the Crazy Love book and the thing that amazed me, you know, they showed a video on it of of the universe and how small we are in the universe and it's amazing. You look at the stars. You just look at the stars, see how they shine for you. I've turned to Chris Martin now. That's one for the for the not the youth. That's probably young adults these days, isn't it, money? Yeah, it's a bit it's, I'm not yeah, anyway, carry on. One of the things that amazed me was this. Did you know a caterpillar, you know, a caterpillar Has over 238 muscles in its head. That is, just think about that for a moment. A caterpillar, that little tiny thing, has 238 or more muscles just in its head. Does that not blow your mind? Blows my mind. That's incredible. And yet people say, oh, it just happened by accident. 238 muscles. Many of us would wish we had 238 muscles and we go to the gym to try and improve them, but actually, 238 muscles just in its head. That's incredible. I could say it again and again. It's wow. Hopefully you're sitting at home more amazed than the people in front of me. But having said that, they are wearing masks, so they might be going... I don't know. They might be gobsmacked by that fact. But that's just one part of creation. Because when we focus on the amazing it's easier to lift our eyes out of the rubbish. When we fix our eyes on what is incredible, it becomes easier to raise our heart from the gutter. And I believe there is no one more incredible than God because he made it all. He made a caterpillar with over 238 muscles in its head. That's incredible. Look at the stars. Yesterday, people were posting videos of the geese flying over Carlisle. I don't know if any of you saw this. It wasn't just a V formation, it, was, it looked like millions of these geese. It was like a, an air display, but nature's air display. Many of you, I don't know if you've ever driven across Wolney Bridge and seen the murmuration of the, 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 the Starlings. You know, where they all, you know where they like do the dance in the sky before the tea? Do you know what I mean? That's called a murmuration. If you've not learned anything else today, there's the fancy word. Murmuration of the Starlings is incredible. Pursue the wonder of God. And you'll get fruit. You'll be filled. And actually, what is the wonder of God? The biggest wonder of God is that he gave his son to die for us. Wow. That's something worth chasing after because he's already pursued you. Don't stay out of reach. Allow him to catch you. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to force his way in. Allow him to catch you. But if you're a Christian today and you, you stood thinking this lockdown is just going to be horrendous. Fix your eyes on the awesomeness of God. Spend your days wondering about him. And then it's harder to think about all the other stuff that's going on. So the first F is fruit and focus on it. Let's carry on. Verses 12 to 16 says this. Fight the good fight of the faith. There's lots of F's there, isn't there? Fight the good fight of the faith. Try not to spit in these days of coronavirus. That'll be good. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. The next F in our F-Plan Spiritual Diet is fight. You might think, don't want to be fighting. Fight. What are we fighting against today? If I said to you personally, what are you fighting against? What are you battling against? What are you fighting? Where is your fight? You know, there's a new worship song by Phil Wickham which is called The Battle Belongs. It's a brilliant song. And one of the lyrics says this, when I fight, I fight on my knees because the battle belongs to my God. When I fight, I fight on my knees because the battle belongs to our God. So I'll ask us again, what or who are we fighting against? There's a phrase that's been used in recent political debates And it's this, is that the hill you want to die on? Anyone heard that phrase? Yeah? No? Is that the hill you want to die on? In other words, it's a military phrase. And it's basically saying, is that the stand you really want to take? Is that the place you want to nail your colours to the mast and fight for it and fight for it and fight for it? Is that the hill you want to die on? Are you so committed to that issue, to that thing, that, that issue, that grudge, that whatever, that you're going to prepare to die on that hill? You're going to stand and take a stand. It means the thing that is so important to you that you will wholeheartedly pursue it and not give in no matter what the cost. So I'm going to ask you, is the fight you've got this morning, and I'm not talking about the fight with the spiritual realm, I'm talking about the fights you have every day. Is that the hill you want to die on? Because often our fights pale into insignificance. Maybe we're fighting with family. Is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? Is it something that you're pursuing with a wholeheartedness? And actually, I'm going to ask this, I'm going to say this straight. Is it something we even need to pray about? Because God says you can do something about it. Get over it. God says, you know, I've already given you the answer to this. Whether it's husbands and wives, whether it's mothers and fathers and children, what does the Bible say? Blessed are the peacemakers. God's already told you the solution. Make peace. Stop fighting, make peace. Whoever it is between, the Bible tells us to love one another. So if you're fighting, stop. Because our fight isn't against flesh and blood. It really isn't. It's not the hill we need to die on. I'm going to even suggest this. Don't pray about it. Do something. <laughs> because God knows already... And you can pray before you go, but sort it out. Stop. Fight him. Do whatever is possible to live at peace with one another. There's a verse from the Bible. Do whatever possible. Even if it's not your fault, do whatever possible to live at peace with one another. Don't pray about it. Do whatever possible to live at peace with one another. Jesus has already given you the answer. It's not a hill we need to die on. The only fight we need is to fight the good fight of faith. That's the fight. To cling to the thing that is going to save you in the end. To hold on to the fact that there was a hill that had to die on. Jesus has already died on it. It's called Calvary. That was the hill that he needed to die on to save you and me. Don't make a stand on a silly argument or a grudge. Be a peacemaker. God gave himself in his son wholeheartedly so that we could take our stand on the faith. So stop fighting with people. Be a peacemaker. Do whatever possible to live in peace and to love one another. Do whatever is possible. Sometimes it might not be received back, but do we stop doing whatever's possible then? No, we keep doing whatever is possible. That's what the word of God says. Seize the life he has given us and fight for it. It's not a fight against other believers. If we can do something, then do it. Is that message quite clear this morning? First part of the f Diet, fruit and focus on it. Third part, fight. But fight the good fight of faith. Fight for what you believe. Fight for the truth of Jesus. Not fight for your opinion. Not fight for what you're feeling. Fight the good fight of the faith. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, but they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness. Another F is part of the F-plan diet. Another F. You can probably think of loads, and it'll help you to know what we're called to do. 1 Timothy 6, verses 17 to 19. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Anyone spot the F? Firm foundations. We need firm foundations. Jesus talked about houses, didn't he? We could sing the Sunday school song, or I bet you sang at school, the wise man built his house upon the rock. Yeah? Yeah? Okay. Jesus told that story to illustrate that both of the builders built both of the builders went through storms. You know, one of the builders didn't build his house on the rock and it was forever sunny and it was always great and nobody had any problems. One of them built on rock, one of them built on sand. And the storms hit both of them. The storms hit both of them. There's no guarantee of anything other than storms at times. Both built structures that were clearly okay. It was what they built on that was the problem. So what are we building our life on? Is it on hopes and dreams that could never happen? The sad news this week, of a, there was a Manchester City youth prospect that at 18 was released from his club and basically told, look, this isn't for you. And he went and killed himself. Tragic, because all these hopes and dreams were in that. And when it was gone, he was left with Nothing. Don't put our hopes and dreams in the stuff of this world. Put them on the God, the Christ, the solid rock. On Jesus who will never fail. On Jesus who at the end of it all says, "I am with you to the end." And will be there beyond the end. Where is your firm foundation? I had to laugh and I've asked my sister if I could share this. But my sister is a, um, it lives in Germany. And in Germany, there's quite a lot of different communities that work there. She's obviously English. There's there's some Americans on an airbase nearby in Munich, I think. And there's some um, people from different parts of the world. And she's a member of a a parenting forum. And she shared a post from somebody uh, that was concerned about their child's development. And it says this, okay? Okay. My daughter, I'm not going to tell you how old this daughter is. I'm going to ask you to guess at the end, okay? My daughter is, is however many old. While she plays with her Duplo box, that's like Le- Lego, okay, big Lego. While she plays with her Duplo blocks, she repeatedly builds these tall structures, but without first building a stable base. So obviously, the structure reaches a certain height, then she starts putting bigger duplo structures on the top, and the structure falls down. Then she starts again. Repeat, repeat, repeat. So what should I do? <laughs> and it, right, okay, And it, it doesn't stop there. You know, this is a child playing with big Lego. That She builds it, it falls down, she builds it again. She's quite happy. Mum is sitting there, frantic with worry. What should I do? A, absolutely nothing. Yeah, I think that's probably the right answer, isn't it? Absolutely nothing. Just play with her, encourage, enjoy. B, do I say nothing but secretly start affixing larger stabilizing duplo box to the bottom when she's not looking? <laughs> or C, use it as a teaching opportunity to demonstrate stability and gravity by showing her or advising her to put larger stabilizing blocks at the bottom. Which of these sounds like something you would do or already do, and why do you do it that way? Please include a reason. I ask this because I caught myself doing B, and my nature would be to do C. But I'm thinking I should actually just do A. (laughs) And it goes on. I'm going to stop there. Okay? How ridiculous is that? This woman concerned about her daughter building Duplo blocks and it falling down. How old do you think her daughter was? 23 months. 23 months old. And the woman is concerned about her architectural engineering design. Maybe Is that what Richard did? (laughs) Richard Hardingham with his matchsticks. Maybe, Paul, you should take all the credit, secretly attaching them at the bottom before they fall down. But how crazy is that? But there is a lesson in there, isn't there? Even for that 23-month-old little girl, foundations are vital. Foundations are crucial, because if you haven't got the right foundations, what you build will fall down. If you haven't got the right foundations, what you're building, it might get very tall. It might look amazing for a while, but without the right foundations, eventually it will collapse. It will fall down. What are the firm foundations of life that will work? If I said to you in private, what are the firm foundations of your life that you know will work? I don't know what you'd say. But these verses say this, do good. There's a firm foundation for life. Do good. That comes back to not fighting as well, doesn't it? Love one another. Do good. Be rich in good deeds. That's like an overemphasis of the same point, isn't it? Be rich in good deeds. Don't worry about wealth. Don't think, I wish I could win the lottery and then it'd be all right. Be rich in good deeds. And be generous and willing to share. There's some firm foundations for life that Paul says to Timothy in this passage... But the only form foundation is Jesus. To take hold of the life that we've been given and to seize it and build on him. Because if the storms come, the building you've built on Jesus will stand. Will stand. It might get a bit, you might need to fix the guttering and you might need to replace a few slates and tiles. It's not going to be easy, but the building will stand. Because God promises he is enough. Don't store up for yourself, but be generous with what we have. As a leadership on Thursday night, we were talking, as a church, we don't often talk about money. And I'm not going to really talk about it loads this morning. Because there's a good reason why we don't. Because we've got all sorts of different people from different backgrounds. And we don't want to make that pressurised thing of, you know, actually, this doesn't happen for free. You know, the things that we do as a church re- involves generosity. The Bible teaches tithing where people are t- called to give 10% to the church. We as a church pass on 10% of what we get to other good causes. Tithing is a good thing because it gives at least that's the least we should be doing. We don't teach about it. You know, some churches some churches they have a, an offering talk every week. To say how important it is that when we give in the collection, that's our worship. And it is. But we need to be generous. What that looks like to you, I don't know. You might say, but Johnny, we're in a pandemic, I haven't got enough to feed my family. Well, we're not saying that you, you, you need to give your food, but you can volunteer. You can give you time. You could ring somebody and say, How are you doing? But as a church, we are blessed with people who do give generously. And you know that the, the faith walk we've been on with this building has been because of people's generosity and people's giving. Be generous, then you will take hold of life that is truly life. That's what it says. Do good, be rich in good deeds, and be generous. Then you will have a life that makes a difference that will make you happy. The final F is be faithful. 1 Timothy 6, verses 20 to 21. I'm going to read it in the message version. It says this. And, oh, my dear Timothy, guard the treasure you were given. That's Jesus. Guard the treasure you were given. Guard it with your life. Avoid the talk show religion. That's a good example, isn't it? We talked last week about fake and false teachers. Avoid the talk show religion and the practiced confusion of the so-called experts. People caught up in a lot of talk can miss the whole point of faith overwhelming grace keep you what is the whole point of faith faith is trusting God the God who made you who knows what's best for you the God who says to you I've given Jesus to rescue you it's all you need to do you don't have to do anything more you just have to accept his gift the life given Recognize that you need to be sorry for some of the things you've done in the past and live life going forwards with generosity and goodness and built on the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Jesus. The whole point of faith is to allow him and his truth to shape our life every day. That's what it is. To be sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see. That is the F of faith. So as I finish today... Are we ready to put our f plan diet into practice? Are we ready to focus on fleeing from the false and to flee towards the fruit? Are we ready to fight to keep hold of God's gift and to stop fighting against folk? (laughs) Lots of F's this morning. Fight to keep hold of God's gift and stop fighting with folk. Are we ready to have the firm foundation of Jesus Christ to build on and to be faithful to all that God commands us? The faith in Jesus who died on that hill for you. He was willing to say, that's the hill I'm going to die on. That is the stand I'm going to take because it will save all of mankind. If I choose to go to the cross, to give myself as a punishment for everybody so that they might be free, Another F, because the F plan diet leads to freedom. The F plan spiritual diet, no copyright involved. The F plan spiritual diet of one Timothy six leads to freedom through faith in Christ, who died on His hill for you, and who said you're worth it. Come to Me, and He rose again, so so we might know life eternal and forgiveness everything in the past are we ready to build on him all we need to do is say yes if you're not sure this morning if you've never had one we have got some literature sorry I should have prepared these early we have got some books if you've never tried reading the bible we have a, a new testament gospel of mark which is split into really nice easy portions to read That'll tell you the story of what Jesus did. That's one of the Gospels. If you want one of those, contact us. We can get you one. If you're here in the building and you want one of them, ask me later. Also, a little booklet called Hope in Uncertain Times that just goes through some of the things that are are happening and verses to help us and encourage us during this time. So if you've got your own Bible, you won't need these. But actually, if you think, you know what? I want to look into this for myself. Then just ask me for one. If you're watching on the telly and you want one, message us, help at springmount.church and we'll try and get hold of one and send it to you so you can read it during these times. We've also got a little leaflet that tells you what it means to accept Jesus. If you want one of those, I'll get you one of those afterwards. But for now, are we building on a firm foundation? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. For who you are. And I thank you for this book of 1 Timothy that we've read. For all the things that we've learned. The fact that you are a God who is interested in the small details. But you are a God of wonder. And I pray over these next four weeks or so. That we will choose to fix and focus our eyes on the wonder of you. To choose each day to look up. And to see what you have made. To think about that caterpillar. (laughs) And just say, wow. But to think about the Son of God who died for us, who had done no wrong, and who was lifted up on a hill to die so that we might be saved. Father, we thank you for all these things, and we want to worship you in awe and wonder, in your name. Amen. Amen.